This is Miss Ayanna Burnett with Reflections from the Red Chair. Greetings, 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 great ones. How you living? <laughs> All right. I'm feeling good today. I don't know about you. And if you aren't, that's okay. Because guess what? Hope is on the way. And perhaps this sharing may be exactly what you are seeking. Well, we all know that I have been talking of stories and the stories that we tell ourselves. Well, today I want to switch it up a little bit differently. But however, I still want to honor the story. But I actually want to be able to share with you an excerpt that actually really kind of hit home for me when I first read it such that it continues to come up from time to time and it talks a little bit on on this topic of ecstasy and suffering right it's deep y'all that's all I can say so bear with me as I do a little bit of reading for you and then we'll kind of see where we go but a lot of this is is very very self-explanatory uh the other thing that I want to be able to share before I begin the reading which again is an excerpt from a wonderful book called the hunger for ecstasy fulfilling the soul's need for passion and intimacy again it is the hunger for into ecstasy sorry the hunger for ecstasy and again fulfilling the soul's need for passion and intimacy and i'm going to read to you today from the chapter on longing for paradise um, in this book it's on page 29 and again it is actually the section that is indeed titled ecstasy and suffering so she starts off um, actually in the beginning of this particular chapter, telling a little bit of the history and the background of Yuzuli. Now, her name is pronounced different ways, um, but it's E-R-Z-U-L-I-E, right? And Yuzuli is a goddess. Um, oftentimes, she is equated to being loved by the Haitian culture. Um, and here we go. So I'm just going to go into the reading and that'll give you a little bit more about your Zuli. Your Zuli is a beautiful yet turbulent goddess, a goddess given the extremes of both ecstasy and suffering. We normally expect gods and goddesses to have more power and control than we do. But your Zuli is remarkably, has remarkably little control. She can't lessen the terrible intensity of her grief. She can't shorten its duration. And she can't determine when she will descend into depression or when she will return to her usual state of joyful celebration. Yet in her lack of control, Yuzuri communicates a powerful message. Ecstasy is always a gift of grace. Its coming and goings cannot be controlled, not even by the goddess of ecstasy herself. If we would honor our hunger for ecstasy, we must also acknowledge our lack of control. There is much we can do to entice the spirit of ecstasy, but ecstasy has the wild soul of a gypsy. Today, it may abandon the place where it camped yesterday. Today's source of pleasure may ring hollow tomorrow. Or as Rumi puts it, Quote, God's joy moves from unmarked box 
to unmark box, end quote. Like usually, many ecstatics feel as though they are riding the wildly utilating back of a huge snake. One moment, they touch the heavens. The next, they are ruffling in hell. In mystical literature, songs of desperate lamentation stand side by side with songs of exultation and jubilant praise. In one poem, the 16th century Indian poet Marbai declares that having made love to Krishna, she is the luckiest woman alive, and the next she's wailing in despair. A love affair with life must be founded not on infatuation, but on a clear-sighted awareness of what the spiritual journey really requires of us. Certain New Age teachings would have us believe that if we play our cards just right, we can rid ourselves of suffering. We never need get sick or old. We never need be struck by disaster. We can live in a state of constant joy and delight. Unfortunately, this is nothing but wishful thinking. If you study the lives of God's lovers, you'll find that most of them suffered deeply. Big breath, right? Big breath. She continues on page 90. If we acknowledge how deeply we long for ecstasy, we also have to acknowledge that we suffer in its absence. It should not surprise us to discover that in her grief, Yuzuri adopts the posture of crucifixion with arms outflung and head limp, and that her special symbols are the cross and the pierced heart. Niren describes Yuzuri as the dream impaled externally and eternally, sorry, upon the cosmic crossroads where the world of men and the world of divinity meet. Like Yuzuli, we too are impaled upon the crossroads between our divinity and our humanity. Yuzuli's myth describes that the cross that every ecstatic must bear and shows us the necessity of embracing the inevitable suffering of this path. Much as we might wish it were otherwise, the ways of ecstatic love are rarely straightforward. Spirit seduces us, drawing us from the straight and narrow path into ambiguity and uncertainty. Over and over, it crushes our illusion of having things under control and humbles us. Ecstasy appears suddenly when we least expect it. Then just as we settle into its delicious embrace, it vanishes. So let's just take a couple of deep breaths together. And let that kind of fall. So why am I sharing this with you today? Because oftentimes when we embrace our our path, this path of of self-love, right? This path of prioritizing feeling good and prioritizing our satisfaction and even now consciously working on choosing thoughts that feel good or feel a little bit better that we can still find ourselves in moments of despair in moments of suffering and moments of intense what we usually tend to label as negative emotions 
However, I love this reading as well as reading about some of the other goddesses, right? Because the one thing、um, that was shared earlier that I didn't read is that Yuzuri is actually seen as the goddess of love. She is the goddess of love. She is the goddess of pleasure. She is the goddess of sensuality, right? She is, she is literally the goddess of ecstasy. And think of her as, you know, equating to Venus.、Um, and when we, we think about the, this image of the goddess, the one thing that I don't know about you, but I always find surprising to me is that when you read deeper into her story, that oftentimes you will find that she has these moments of having to confront intensely negative emotion. That even as the goddess of love and the goddess of ecstasy, right? Because if you also listen to the story of, of Oshun, you know, this, there's a similar sentiment where、uh, Oshun, an, another African goddess, right? Again, the, the goddess of beauty. And I remember when I was doing some research about her, that it actually came up in, in her story about how she loves so intently, intensely, sorry, that oftentimes she will. Become saddened because she experiences unrequited love, right? That it's she loves so intensely that it is hard for her to actually attract a lover who can return that same intensity. Like, whoa, right? But when you really sit and you think about it, it makes sense, right? Because when we're looking at these images of, of the goddess per se. Of, of these particular, like these two stories, for example, that's intense like ecstasy, beauty, passion.、Um, those are really strong, positive emotions. So, essentially, that shows the ability to, to feel strongly. And if you're one who is, is awake, right, and, and alive, then that actually means that you have to already know that you are going to also feel intensely the other side of the equation, right? There's, there's no just getting to pick. One side. So, again, I love the way that the author, you know, here shares with us that when you're on this spiritual path, then it comes to be about learning how to successfully move through the ebb and flow of what we would call the positive and the negative, or the light and, and the dark, or the heavy and the light, right? That that's where the true bliss comes. That's where the true happiness, quote unquote, comes is when we learn not to run from one or the other, where we learn not to equate, you know, one side of the equation only with being good, but where we actually can learn that there can be these, these treasures that also can be found within the, the other side, with the quote unquote opposite side of the emotional spectrum. And now we can choose to be softer with ourselves and put our focus on just kind of managing our way through, right? Because we, we don't want to get stuck and we don't want to dwell and we definitely don't want to be there necessarily any longer than we have to. But essentially, we also want to be able to know how to ebb and flow through those moments, just as we ebb and flow through what we call those more positive experiences as well. So I, I share this with you. 
because especially those who are are awake quote unquote right and and those who are consciously on this journey of self-development please 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 be encouraged when you find yourself moving through those darker spells Um, because actually you'll come to learn that that very well is probably part of your growth cycle you know, because there is a part of the cycle that we go through that requires purification, that requires purging, right? Purging in order to purify, releasing, letting go. Sometimes it's also requiring depth of, of certain parts of ourselves or depth of certain beliefs or patterns that no longer serve us. Sometimes cutting off various relationships, right? Because all of that makes room now for new. And those particular seasons, when we, we go through those that portion of the, of the process and that portion of the cycle, can feel very dark, right? It's like that time of, of going deep into the earth and burying, deep burying, that's the word, deep into the earth um, in order now to turn around and to recreate ourselves. So I want to, let's say, leave you with this. Again, another excerpt from the book. This is on page 94, in case you're wanting to reference it to yourself. But our author writes, Many addicts are people who respond to life in intensely emotional ways. But unlike Yuzuri, they have not learned to bear their crosses and to accept both ecstasy and suffering. Yuzuri makes no attempt to avoid the inner darkness that descends on her but stays fully engaged with her suffering. She never tries to distract herself, let alone numb or medicate herself with drugs or alcohol. Like all fruits of nature, ecstasy ripens in its own time. The dark, lean season seasons of our lives have a fresh, invigorating goodness of their own, just like the crisp cold of winter. Addicts, and we all have addictive tendencies, find the rhythmic dance of union and separation intolerable. Because of their yearning for the ecstatic state, because their yearning for the ecstatic state is so intense, they have little tolerance for deprivation. They would like to artificially shorten the wintry periods of separation, or better still, do away with them entirely so as to live in a state of uninterrupted uninterrupted rapture. But ecstasy refuses to be forced in this way. The substance or activity that initially seems a source of pleasure eventually sours and becomes a demonic presence in our lives. We tend to think of suffering as the opposite of ecstasy. In fact, the opposite of ecstasy is not pain, but numbness. The death in life that descends on us when we close down to life. It takes courage to lead an ecstatic life because the ecstatic chooses to be fully alive, open to the entire spectrum of life's experiences, including both rapture and agony. Filling agony doesn't mean wailing in it. The ecstatic does not seek out pain or build an identity around his suffering. Yet, he accepts it 
as part of the terrain he must cover on his journey. Until next time, be light.